Okay, a um, couple quick announcements, and uh, we will pray. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody who's watching online, thank you as well. Uh, uh, first of all, you will need that glow stick for later. Go ahead and crack that open, and then uh, set it on your seat. If you are like me, it is a great temptation for that to become a nunchuck, but uh, <laughs> please restrain yourself and uh, set that down. Uh, also, uh, we have, uh, as uh, our, our volunteers are already uh, in, into this knowledge, you guys just continue to uh, to invite and reach out to the community and, and love on one another. It's awesome, and we just more and more people uh, continue to come and worship, and so... Um, effective, I say effective immediately, you know, there's, there's due process, but uh, this back wall is coming out, and we will be expanding our uh, sanctuary, yeah, yeah, so uh, be looking for that in the future, and uh, only a fool would give a timeline, so <laughs> someday, uh, someday that will happen, y'all pray with me, please. Father, we ask that you be with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, we worship you. We celebrate the hero who died for the villain. We celebrate the God who humbled himself to his own creation. We celebrate pure love. We celebrate you enduring pain over your unfaithful bride to redeem us. We praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, all the scripture that we're going to use today is on the screen. No one expected you to walk into this place as a Bible scholar today, okay? Uh, no one expects you to walk in here perfect. If you were perfect, you would not need to be here, okay? Uh, you would totally ruin everything we've got going if you walked in perfect. So uh, we don't expect that. In fact, you may not even own a Bible. That's okay. We have them as you exit today. We would love to give you a Bible. Um, also, uh, if... if um, Maybe you have one, but you don't know where it is. It's okay. We would love for you to take one uh, because we believe that there is a God who wants to commune with you, who wants to meet with you. We believe that you are a child of God, and he wants to meet with you. And so that's, that's all we're doing here. That is, that's, that's the vision. That's what we're doing is we want to help every child of God get closer to their father. And we think that it will not only enrich your life, here, but we think that that will give you a life well beyond this earth. And uh, so that is the goal. Today, we celebrate something that happened about 2,000 years ago, about 2,022 years ago. Debatable. Let's call it 2,026 years ago. Nobody really knows. Like, eventually, uh, um, in the beginning, you know, our best math said, okay, this is when Jesus was born. And so it literally changed your, your calendar. And so this is a B.C. and A.D. revolves around the birth of Jesus. And now that we have a little bit more information, we're like, oh, missed that. It was probably about 4 B.C. It's okay, guys. Uh, we're celebrating on uh, December 18th today. 
but we celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th. Many scholars will tell you that's probably pretty close because uh, early Christians all the way to about the 3rd century uh, A.D., uh, celebrated somewhere in late December the birth of Jesus. Others will go through scripture and say that it was possibly somewhere around September. We don't know. My birthday is March 16th. If you want to celebrate me on March 18th, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, w- we don't have it. But this is when we, this is when we celebrate. This is when we honor the most anticipated event in history to this time. You see, God created the world, chose a people, and promised that through them one day a Messiah would come. And although this was maybe not the world's largest group of people, um, they certainly made a splash in the world and, and came in and through the power of their God conquered Egypt and came in and conquered uh, some of the most fought after, sought after lands uh, in the world. And they made this their home and they were very well known. And it is known that the Israelites, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, the Hebrew speaking people were all waiting for a Messiah, a Savior to come one day. They were all anticipating this. They learned this in school. They learned this at home. Other nations knew about this. Everyone was waiting on the birth of the Messiah. Now today, you still have a group of people that we call Jews. We've shortened the tribe of Judah, the largest largest tribe that can still track their lineage. We shortened their name to Jew. Judah, we shortened it to Jew. It's the Israel people. We, um, we still have that religion today, and many of them have rejected that Jesus is that Messiah, and they're still waiting for a Messiah, but make no mistake, the birth of the Messiah is the most anticipated birth in all of history. This birth was uh, prophesied many times. And so when Jesus came into this world, he came to a people unlike us, okay? Uh, we, we, we've, we've grown up with sort of this pop culture view of Jesus, and he looks like an Abercrombie model or whatever, you know, with some highlights and stuff. Dude, he, this, when you read the Bible, this is Middle Eastern ancient literature. And Jesus was born in such, to such people. When you read the accounts of the life of Jesus, which will be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See, the Bible, your Bible is actually a library of 66 books. The first 39 are the Old Testament or the Old Covenant or the Old Law. And they tell the story about Jesus' coming. And then, boom, in the same time that marks for you on your calendar, B.C. and A.D., marks Old Testament or Old Covenant or Old Law law to New Testament or New Covenant or New Law. And that is all hinging around the birth of the Messiah. Okay? So this changed for everyone. In fact, today, just just for curiosity's sake, uh, you have, I was telling you, uh, you know, many Jews still believe the Messiah hasn't come. But many do believe. We call them Messianic Jews because they believe that their Messiah has come. We believe that the Messiah has come, and I'm going to tell you why 
today. And as I, I, I'm going to read just one passage. I mean, we could, we could spend a really long time on this, uh, but I, I want to just read you one passage just to make a point that this was written initially to a group of people who were anticipating the Messiah. And while you read this as a story, as a narrative, they were reading this as fulfillment clues. Let, let, me, let me give you, let me, just, just track with me. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 1 through 7. It is not very long at all. Hang with me. All the scriptures on the screen. And then I'm going to show you uh, like, like what we see and then what they saw. So here we go. Uh, verse 1. In those days a decree went out from uh, Caesar Augustus, also known as Octavian. He established the peaceful era known as the Pax Rom- Romagna. <clears throat> Romagna. Caesar was a title of Roman emperors that the whole empire that the whole empire should be registered. Uh, this first registration took place uh, while Canarius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feed trough because there was no room for them in the inn. We read this, and it just seems like, did you you ever read uh, an essay from a sixth grader? And and the teacher's like, listen, it has to be two pages long. And so they just fluff every story up. There was a guy with blondish, blackish hair, six foot, eight to eight foot one and you know and we get all these details and it's like wow that's too much it's so many details that it kind of takes away from the story right you did that trying to fill papers they were like we need a 10-page essay and you're like well you're gonna get five pages of introduction right (laughs) and it reads a little bit like that it's like dude did did someone give you an assignment are you trying to fill a word quota on on microsoft word 97 what, what are we doing? But see, to us, it's just a lot of details in a story. But for someone who had grown up anticipating the birth of the Messiah and learning how you would recognize the Messiah, these are all fulfillment passages. Let me show you. Let's, let's take one. Okay. So it said uh, in, uh, back there on the computer, don't worry about trying to follow me. Just let me do my thing. Okay. This is not going to go well for you. Uh, we, we started out, with, and, and it was like, uh, in, those, in those days, Caesar Augustus and all these names, God put that in there because we are now digging these things up. Okay, I didn't plan on saying this, but, but uh, man, sometimes I study, and this week I've been kind of back into this. Um, the Bible speaks of a lot of names, places, people, events that history does not know otherwise. And what is incredible is we dig it up later. And sure enough, the Bible was right all along. Now you're like, well, that doesn't prove the Bible's right. No, but it does prove that it was written a long time ago. And because it was written a long time ago and contains prophecy, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now we're like, it happened. Okay, that was free. That was free. That was free. So you start off with and Joseph, okay? And Joseph, and to us, it's like, all right, we got a guy. His name is Joseph. No, 
Joseph was someone totally different to them. Now, I, I, I told you, the New Testament begins with four eyewitness accounts or first-hand surveys of the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Matthew and Luke are both your most detailed accounts of the nativity, of the birth story. They both give a genealogy, but they're different. They're different genealogies. And most scholars believe that one is giving uh, from one is given a genealogy of Joseph, who would have been the stepfather, and the other is given the genealogy from Mary, who would have been the birth mother. Okay? Because we believe that Mary was born a virgin. Now, it says, and Joseph. So we have Mary, we have Joseph, and we have their lineage. And to us, that's not important. But to a Jew, that was everything. Okay? Listen to what's written in Genesis 49.10. The scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until he whose right it is comes and the obedience of the peoples belongs to him. This is all the way back in Genesis talking about the Messiah. We're already saying the scepter, the, the rulership, will not part from Judah. Well, this doesn't make any sense to anyone because Judah is not in charge of anything. Well, it will be later when King David takes control from the tribe of Judah and God promises that the Messiah will come from the lineage of King David. Back in Genesis 49, it was prophesied that a ruler would come and everybody would be obedient to him and that's going to come from the tribe of Judah. You're like, well, that doesn't matter. There were 12 tribes and the, the Levitical uh, tribe, the tribe of Levi, those were the high priest. But Jesus is going to come in as a high priest, so he should be from Levi, but his prophesied he come from Judah. It is, it, it's, it's not something that they would have dreamt up, but God wanted it. I could explain for a long time why he had to come from the tribe of Judah, but it's prophesied over and over that he'd come from the tribe of Judah, and boom, there it is. We read it like, oh, Joseph, neat, there's a dude's name. No, this is the fulfillment of prophecy. You understand that the Messiah was going to come from the Israelites, but there's 12 tribes in Israel, and we know that he's going to come from only one of those tribes. There's a lot of lineage, a lot of family trees in the tribe of Judah, but we know that he's going to come from Abraham, from Isaac, from Jacob, from David. We know exactly the line that he comes from, and so they take great pains to trace his lineage all the way back from these people because you cannot be the Messiah unless you have the right pedigree. So we just read Anne Joseph, and they were like, oh, keep going. It's like, this is like you, this is like you playing the Powerball, and you got the first number, and you're like, keep going, yes, 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 there's one mark, right? And so let's fill in the rest of it. Man, I should have I brought a lottery ticket up here. That would have been a great analogy. Okay, and it says, it says uh, let's see. Where does it say that? And Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee. Listen to Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 9. I'm going to read Isaiah 9, verse 1 and 2 for you. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea and to the east of the Jordan and to Galilee of the nations. This Messiah is going to come, and he is going to uh, bring honor, and this will happen in uh, Galilee of the nations. This is where Jesus comes from. And so it's, it's odd how this plays out because Jesus has said that he would be a Nazarene. 
It is said that he would come from Galilee. It is said that he would be uh, from Judah. It is said that he would be born in Bethlehem. It said that he would come up out of Egypt. And it's illogical that all of those things could happen. But the way that his life happened, the way that his birth happened, he fulfilled all of those things that were prophesied. I'm just showing you the prophecy. And they were looking for it. And it would have been confusing. There's a lot of things, sort of like the book of Revelation, that we look forward to and we go, ah quite sure how this is going to play out but after you see things play out in hindsight you go oh yeah exactly like that right so this is something that they were anticipating not knowing exactly how this would happen and we see the life of Jesus they were like dude he hit every check mark so we've got Joseph we've got Galilee we got three lefts in the Powerball numbers and we're we're hitting on all cylinders so far blood's pumping this could be the lottery. This could be the Messiah. He'd be born in Bethlehem. Y'all realize being born in Bethlehem, take Strawn, cut it in half, and that would have been about the size of Bethlehem, okay? Now, actually, that would still probably be too big. Bethlehem was not a big place. To say that the Messiah was going to come from Bethlehem was very, very specific. Micah 5.2, Bethlehem, Ephrathath. You are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from eternity. They're looking for the Messiah to come from Bethlehem. And we know that, that the Roman ruler said, listen, i got to take a census. i got to see how many people are here. Everybody's got to come to Jerusalem. Really bad timing for Mary. Dude, she is stacked. She gets on a donkey and starts heading to Jerusalem and sure enough, goes into labor right around Bethlehem where it was prophesied that the Messiah would be born. Bethlehem is a small place. You know, okay, I've, I've said this before. Some of y'all remember this and everybody always looks at me. Apparently nobody remembers this. But uh, after school, I used to go to my grandmother's house sometimes and she was always watching the show. And this, this guy, he was like a, a spiritual medium. And I don't know his name. I cannot remember the name of the show. I need to look it up, but it just, I'm just not interested enough to do it. Uh, He's some sort of spiritual medium, he said, and he had this big crowd of people. And he'd go, there's a guy in here and his name starts with uh, J. I'm thinking John. I'm like, dude, you got 300 people. The odds of, and somebody be like, I'm Jonathan. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, do you wear shoes? <gasps> it's me. Oh, my gosh. And he would say all these incredibly vague things. And then the guy would be like, somebody's trying to contact you from the other world. And they would just say all of these things. I mean, it was sort of a mathematical probability that you were going to hit something, you know. And, um. Man, all you got to do is plant one person in the audience and just go with it. I actually did an experiment over this in college. But regardless, um, you, you do vague things when you're trying to be a con artist. When you say the Messiah is going to fill all of these things and you say from Bethlehem, you just took a risk. Because it is not mathematically probable that you're coming from Bethlehem. It's not big. He would be from the, from the line of David. Listen to Isaiah 9-7. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. They were waiting for somebody from the line of David, from the tribe of Judah, okay, uh, from Galilee, from Bethlehem. Listen to uh, Isaiah 7, 14. 
Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive. What? I don't know if y'all know how this works, but that's only happened once. Well, you can't prove it. Well, we can prove it was the baited thing. We'll conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Listen to Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is, this is Jesus talking to the serpent. He's talking to Satan at this point. He says, um, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your heel and you shall, uh, I'm sorry, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. All the way in Genesis 3. We're already getting prophecy over the Messiah. He's telling Satan, the seed of woman will come and defeat you. Well, who's going to defeat? It's God. And so if we're waiting for God to come down to man, it's that, like, like we're not just going to dream up that he would be born of woman. So all of these things, and, and listen, I could go on. I could go on. But all of these things Jesus did when he came. And so here's the thing is, even if someone doesn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, was the Son of God, you have committed intellectual suicide to say that Jesus didn't exist. We know that he existed. You may not believe that he is who he said he was, but there are three options here. That he was either who he said he was, or that he was a liar, or that he was a lunatic. Now, we can, we can go through those things, but the things that he said <laughs> happened. We, know, we have no record of him lying whatsoever. And if he was a lunatic, that lunacy has led people to peace for well over 2,000 years now. And some of you can say, I have followed his teachings, and it brought me to peace. So we do not believe that he is a lunatic, and we do not believe that he is a liar. He fulfilled all of these prophecies, and these prophecies were given to us for a reason, and they were done specific so that we would know somebody's not just making this stuff up. Listen to Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced because of our transgression, crushed because of our iniquities. Punished for our, uh, punishment for our peace was upon him, and... We are healed by his wounds. Isn't that weird? If I'm waiting for a Messiah to come and save me, he's pierced, he's crushed, punishment, wounds. I don't see that in my future leader, King. But it was prophesied that this would happen prophesied that he would born, be born in a stable. <laughs> this is how we recognize him. This is why we believe this is the Messiah that has come. Why? Why be so specific? For you. He left a trail of breadcrumbs for you. I didn't get one amen out of that. So I'm going to do something. I need Didi. I, girl, I need you to come on up. I knew this would happen, Didi. I knew this would happen. So y'all not listening to me, so i got to raise the cuteness factor in here. Come on up here. Come on up here. Okay. Now, Didi and I are going to play a game, and we need you to help us out. Okay? So Didi has, J.D., would you hand me this? Uh, y'all don't know this, but Didi sets through service, and she draws. She's very good at it. And uh, she's quite the artist, and this is sort of how she does things that she can remember. And so we have an art set for Didi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
I'm not giving it to her. But someone will. Dee Dee. Ooh, someone in here. Someone in this very place will redeem this art set for you. Would you like to have this art set? Sure. Thanks for being excited. So someone in this place will redeem this art set for you. They have the money in their pocket to get this art set for you. Not just anybody. Somebody, I put the money in their pocket myself. Now, we need help from you guys because she's got to find out. I didn't tell her who it was. We've got to find out who has the money in the pocket so Didi can redeem this prize. So as she says these things, I need you all to stand up if you fit the category. Play along with me. It'll be fun. Okay, what's the first thing that you know about whoever or what thing has this money? What's the first thing? Human. If you're a human, please stand. All right, let's weed them out, Didi. A lot of posers in here. All right. Secondly? Male. Oh, only a man. Ladies, you can sit down. All right. Man, look at this. Oh, you some good-looking guys. All right. What's the third thing? Likes to run. How many of you like to run? That weeds them out. That weeds them out. All right, we got a few in here who like to run. Hey, listen, it's getting a tad more specific, is it not? All right, all right. Now, what do you have next? Recently married. Just recently married. Who likes to run is a male and recently got married. Oh, we got, we got a few standing still. All right. Y'all see, how, y'all see how we're weeding them out? You see how this gets specific? Why did I write this list? For her benefit, so that she can see, so she can find. Why did God give us these specificities? All right, keep going. Long hair. Got long hair. (laughs) Got long hair. We're not 100% sure yet. All right, keep going. Musician. A musician. Now, how many of y'all, how many of y'all feel safe to say, this is our guy? Well, we don't think that's enough. Dee Dee's not sure because she can look like a fool asking this guy for money. <laughs> Keep going. 38 years old. 38 years old. Stan, Stan, we're getting, we're getting, his qualifications are going up. Wearing a sweater with Santa riding a unicorn. <laughs> I believe. I believe we may have found our man. All right, one more. Named Chris McCormick. His name is Chris McCormick. Would you get your savior to come up here? Okay. Okay. Do you have it for her? Just so happens to have it for you. All right. Now, same time, girl. Same time. This ain't my first time on the streets. Give me. Give me that. All right. Give Dee Dee a hand, please. I took a big risk there. Because I might not have got my money back. <laughs> Why was she able to find him? 
Why do we have over 63 major prophecies about the Messiah that are ramified or reiterated or multiple people saying the same thing over 270 times throughout the Bible? So that we would know him when we find him. Listen to this. Follow along with me on the slides, please. This is how specific things were. I don't have it on my notes. You're going to have to go ahead of me here. First, we knew that he would be betrayed. I have, I have the passages for all this, just literally for time's sake. I'm not going to give you all these. I have the passage. I would love to share this with you. Uh, we knew that he would be betrayed. We knew that uh, his bribe money would be used to buy a field. That's pretty specific, is it not? Keep going. Uh, we knew that he would be falsely accused, silent, before his accusers. Jesus, Jesus didn't stand up there and complain and do any of those things. He was silent before the ones that accused him on trial. We knew that he would be spat on. We're getting pretty specific. Keep going. We knew that he would be crucified. Now, the Romans loved to crucify people, but when this was written far before Rome was founded, yes, people were doing forms of crucifixion, but this is not commonly how people died. This is a very specific prophecy long before crucifixion was a big way of, of killing people, okay? So uh, he was given vinegar to drink. It was prophesied he'd be given vinegar, vinegar to drink. Now, when he was suffering on the cross, what did they do? They took a big branch, they put a sponge on it, they put vinegar in it and gave that to him to drink. That's pretty specific. Keep going. His hands and feet were pierced. Keep going. He was mocked and ridiculed. Nobody knew that these things would happen. His clothing would be gambled for. If you start putting Vegas wages, odds, and statistics in here, this is not something I'm going to go with. Hey, let's, make, let's, let's just guess what would happen. I know. People throw dice for his clothing. Somebody get Ralph out of the room, okay? I need good suggestions only. That, how crazy is that? That it was prophesied... And, and this is, again, again, you may not even believe in the Bible, but we know from archaeology, uh, archaeological digs and from multiple other sources that these things were written when they said that they were written. And what do they have in there? That a Messiah would come and his clothes would be gambled for. Keep going. That his bones would not be broken. This is very important. This is all the way back in Genesis because an acceptable sacrifice cannot have a broken bone. Uh, he would be forsaken by God. What? Read Psalm 22. You need to write that one down, okay? Uh, that he would pray for his enemies. I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, that his side would be pierced. Keep going. That he would be buried with the rich, although he was poor. That he would resurrect from the dead. If, if I'm making a superhero, I'm not going to say he died. But that he resurrects from the dead that he ascends into heaven, keep going, that he's seated at the right hand of God, that he was made a sacrifice for sin. Do you understand that when, when, when Jesus, who was born, that's what we're doing right now, is, 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 is celebrating that God came to earth as the Messiah. But do you understand that when he died, he died on Passover? See, 
thousands of years before Jesus came onto the scene, God brought his people out of Israel and he gave them a Passover lamb and they took the blood and they put it on the doorpost and then the destroying angel would pass over them and then they would be selected as God's people. How do you know they're God's people? Because they have the lamb's blood on them. Jesus was the lamb of God. What day was he crucified? On Passover, the day when they sacrificed the lambs for Passover. <laughs> you can't even make this stuff up. And you can't orchestrate it. And I'd like for you guys to kill me, <laughs> but I want it to be a specific day. Why did he give us these things? The same reason I gave Didi all these details. So that you would know that you would know that you would know that you got him. This is what we celebrate. And these passages that we read are chalked full of proofs of validity. These are ancient documents, proven to be ancient documents, full of prophecy. Many, many that have already happened, just like they said it would happen. Y'all know my, I've been very open with this, uh, with this that it, it, it's just hard. I'm a, I'm a gotta see it to believe it guy. Faith has come hard for me. He did this for me. I didn't deserve it, but he does this for me. Now, this was all fulfilled. All these prophecies. All of these odds. I have a book that, that we sell. Uh, we, and when I say we sell things, we're not making a profit. We're actually losing less than a dollar on probably every book. But um, as you exit here on the left, we have a bookshelf. And, and Dusty or, or myself have read every book on that. And so we only sell our favorites. Uh, I cut my teeth when I was 17 years old on a book called More Than a Carpenter. And uh, so if you've never read that, there are two bucks uh, out there. Listen, if you don't have $2, if you'll read it, take it. That's the deal with any of them out there. If you'll read it, take it. Okay? If you can throw, throw some money in the little box on the side, that's great. But they're there to read. Okay? So uh, it, there, there's a chapter in there. And, and a mathematician took eight of the prophecies of Jesus. And he said that to fulfill eight of these uh, prophecies, was the, the odds were 10 to 17th power, which makes no sense to me because I do, I do $2,004. And past that, like, I don't know. And he said, 10 to the 17th, let me put it this way. He said, take Texas, take the state of Texas, put a wall around it two foot high. Fill it two foot high with silver dollars. Take one silver dollar, put an X on it, throw it in the middle, stir it up. Let's, let's take Dee Dee, blindfold her, send her out and say, pick up a coin. The odds of her picking up the coin with the X on it is 10 to the 17th power. That is the odds of Jesus fulfilling Eight of these prophecies. He fulfilled well over 63 major prophecies. There's a place in, last I checked, in Colorado, that if you could, if you could fulfill, I think, I think it was 10 prophecies uh, that Jesus fulfilled, uh, they'd give you 10 grand. <laughs> and he did it. Now, we celebrate that God would tell us he's coming, give us the specifics about it, and then do it.
We are the bride of Christ. And God came searching for his bride who had ran off to have an affair. He still pursued us. We celebrate that. We celebrate that even after he died for us, he still convicts us. He still changes our hearts. I was having a conversation with a guy the other day. Y'all know, I, yeah, I, I've told y'all, I, I study all these books and everything. And um, Me and this guy were kind of having a, a, a debate about archaeology and uh, talking about some of the proofs of Jesus and some of the problems that we had. And Pastor Dusty walked in and really made me feel stupid. And he's like, listen, I don't know about any of that, but here's what I do know. I was an addict. And I gave my life to Jesus, and he totally changed it. That's all I need. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, the, that's the best you can get. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm still going to read all the other books. But not so that I can skirt around faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he gave us these prophecies. He fulfilled these prophecies out of love for us. And we are grateful for that. But did you know that they're not all fulfilled yet? And so this is sort of uh, your takeaway for today. <laughs> if he's done all the other ones, we assume he's going to finish. I'll give you a couple. Joel chapter 2, verse 31. I'm going back to the Old Testament for these, by the way, just to show you some of the ones that uh, have, have not yet been fulfilled. Joel 2, 31 through 32. Uh, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awe-inspiring day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of Yahweh will be saved, for there will be uh, an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, as the Lord promised among the survivors, the Lord calls Two things that you can search in there. Great and terrible day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of Yahweh. He's already fulfilled all the other ones. And he said he's coming back to get all who call upon his name. And if you haven't done it, that is why we're here. We want you, not out of piety. Not because we make any profit off of the deal. Because God has placed love in our hearts. We want you to accept God as your Lord and Savior. Because we believe that he is coming back for his people. And we want you to go and be with us. It is 100% not out of piety. Not one True believer in here following the teachings of Jesus will say that they are better than anyone else. In fact, we know that we're not, which is why we needed a Savior. It's out of love. Daniel 12, 1. At that time, my heart will... Do y'all like how I did that? The great prince who stands... Watch over your people will rise up. There will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time, all your people who are 
found written in the book will escape. Many of those who are asleep in the dust of the earth will wake, some to eternal life and some to shame and eternal contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the bright expanse of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And this is why we do what we do, because we want your name to be written in the book of life, and it is to all who believe. God is not a respecter of persons. And quite frankly, I don't care how you feel about yourself because I know how the Father feels about you. I know that he feels so strongly about you that he created you. I know that he created you so specifically that there was a design for you to do long before you were even created. And not only were you created and planned, you were planned and created and given a purpose since the foundation of the world. I don't care who you are. If he knew that the Messiah would be born in a manger in Bethlehem, then you didn't take him by surprise either. And he loves you and he has a purpose for you. And I know that you've messed things up. We've all messed things up. That's why we need a savior. But I've really, really messed things up. Good. Then you got good and saved. You have a God who, listen to, and I, I need you to look at me right now. You have a God who has a plan for you. You are not a mistake. This is why he gave you so much specificity. This is why he said, I'm coming on a, I'm, I'm going to be riding a unicorn in a Santa Claus outfit or whatever, you know, long hair, musician. Why? So that you would know he's here. Now that's great to know intellectually, but do you know it emotionally? Do you know it spiritually? You may have it in your head, but do you have it in your heart? Setting in this place does not make you a Christian any more than setting in the garage makes you a truck. You've got to accept that Savior. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman and will not force himself on you. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He gave you the freedom to choose. You are not betrothed. You have the option in this marriage. And that's what all this is about. Is God wants to take you. Guys, I know this is weird. God wants to take you as his bride he has prepared a place for you, and he wants to take you there to live with you forever and will never abandon you. He's proven it. If he hadn't abandoned you by now, <laughs> how many of you, if you had someone leave you as often as you've left God, would you still be with him? No way. If he hasn't left you by now, he will never leave you. John the Baptist's father prophesied in Luke chapter 1, verse 76. And child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. John the Baptist was prophesied to come prepare the way of Jesus so that Jesus could do what? Give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. He came to forgive your sins. He lived literally to die because that's all that could pay the price for your sins. 
John 14, 1 through 6. Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, why doesn't he take us already? Because he's courting you. Why didn't he just come get us? Because he's trying to persuade you with his love to be his bride. Well, then why all the evil? So that you will know who else is courting you. Worship team, I want you to go ahead and come up. So far, nothing that he promised has not been delivered. So we can safely assume that everything else that he promised will be delivered. And Christmas, we celebrate, but we are also sobered up away from our distractions for long enough to say, if he could pull this off, what else will he pull off? And decide whether or not you want to be part of it. I love you. I can say that because God has put that in me. That is not, that is not me. I am not, I am not that wonderful, uh, altruistic person in nature. But because Jesus lives in my heart, I love you. And it is because of that love that I want you to accept my Father. You do not have to agree with me to be my friend. Some may walk out of this place today and say, I still do not believe what you teach. And that's okay. We can still be friends. But it hurts my spirit because of that love. And that is our desire for you today. So I'm going to go down and the worship team is going to do one more song. Limited worship team. We're, we're going to Christmas carol and that's why you have the glow sticks. They're going to do that, but I want you to reflect. And when this is over, the worship team will, uh, will be here. Um, I have... Uh, sitting on the front row right here, I have some people that will pray with you. Uh, sitting on the front row uh, on, uh, over here, Gary and Lois are ready to pray with you. Seth, would you stand up so everybody can see you? He's single, by the way. Sit down, Seth. Uh, Seth, <laughs> Seth is here, and he will pray with you. I'm telling you, they, they know uh, the Father. And so uh, this is what I'm saying to you. Write it on your connection card. We would love to pray with you. We would lo love to walk through whatever season with you. But it better yet come. We would love to pray with you uh, here in the front. But I want you to reflect and say, man, everything else that he said has happened. Am I ready for the rest of it? And that's what we want. Not, like I said, completely out of love. However you leave this place today, we love you. But we will not stop praying that you will accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We love you. Forgive us our sins because they are many. Thank you for bringing peace. Thank you for bringing the sword. Thank you for second chances and third and fourths and thousandths. We don't know another love like you, God. And the fact that you would come to this earth 
to chase us. That you would die for the unrighteous is worthy of every praise we can give. I pray that you will receive that and be pleased with us today. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name.